Here we go into the message today. Things happen. Say it with me. Things happen. Well, let me uh, share with you. We have the same mission, I believe, that Jesus does. That's our life mission. And here's what uh, Jesus' uh, mission was. It, he came to seek and to save that which is lost. Now, think about it. Seek and save that which is lost. And many people don't know what saved means. They say, save from what? Save for what purpose? But if they never cross the bridge, never cross the bridge of not living a life that's committed to God and cross over to the bridge and understand the power of redemption, they will never, never know unless we get the same mission and the same desire that Jesus had. That is to say, everybody Jesus died for, and everybody needs a good dose of salvation that will change their life. Francis Collins is a PhD in science. One time he was the National Institute of Health. He was the head of that. He's a medical doctor as well. And he was teaching, and some young student asked him the question, Dr. Collins, what happens after you die? And uh, he just gave a flippant answer. He never really thought about it. And he said, really, I don't, I, don't have a, I don't have a clue. I don't have a clue. That's a thought-provoking. You're an individual that's sophisticated, is educated, academic prowess is there, head of a, 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 an, an institute that is a phenomenal research institute, and he just dismissed it. But he could not get away from it. We call that conviction. He said, it haunted me. We say, no, it convicted you, doctor. The bottom line is you didn't have a clue. And here's what he thought. It, it haunted me because I thought I'm supposed to be a professional. I'm supposed to have the answer. I have all this academic achievement here, and I couldn't answer what happens to you after you die. Well, guess what? He began to get into the Bible. I'll go where they say uh, those Christians say there's truth. Now, let me tell you something about this book. It may look tame. It may look a little bit static. But let me tell you, behind the leather cover on this, you open it up anywhere, and you begin to read the words out of this book. Those words are life. Those words are powerful. And especially if they are in red, they really mean something, friend. Jesus is talking. He began to read it. Then he began to read C.S. Lewis. And God changed Dr. Collins' life, and he could answer the question, and as a result of it, he said, I thought I was in control of my life. I thought I could become so educated that I would control my own destiny. What I found out, I was missing the one thing that could give me life beyond the life here. It was eternal life. Here's our text today, Ephesians 2, verse 8, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by what? Not by works so that no one can boast. Now, you're, you have a problem seeing if you don't see ladders that are here. There are short ones, and then they're, you know, average maybe, and then there's the big one in the back, all kind of ladders. And we know and the reason they're props is I want you to know that people try to climb ladders to success. And they put at the top of the ladder what their desire is. And there are two different ways to save yourself in this life. One is simply this. One is the way of performance. That is, I'm going to climb the ladder and get up the ladder, and then I get this ladder conquered. I'm going to go to that ladder. I'm going to climb that ladder. And if there's a higher ladder, I'm going to climb it because performance really matters. And that's called works. 
And we know that it's not by works that you say you're saved, but through grace and faith in Jesus Christ. So here's what we understand that the other is grace. Grace doesn't climb the ladder. Grace comes down the ladder in the person of Jesus Christ and says, hey, here I am. If you want happiness, if you want joy, if you want the answer, receive my grace into your life. I have mercy on you. Wrap your arms around that, and you can be secure, and you can be saved. In the movie Chariots of Fire, there's one of the characters that was a sprinter, and he was driven, but he was haunted by the need to be successful for his country. Sitting to make it to the Olympics, and when I get to the Olympics, I'm going to be a sprinter. I'm going to take the quarter mile, and I'm going to be in it. And he charted discipline. He worked and worked and worked and worked. And someone said, now that you're here, and your race is a couple of hours off, how do you feel? What are you going to do? He said, when the gun goes off, I will raise my eyes and look down that quarter and have 10 lonely seconds. Ten lonely seconds to justify my existence here on earth. Now imagine that. What if he loses the race? What if he found out he climbed the wrong ladder? What if he figured out this wasn't what I thought it was? Ego gets in the way of us sometimes, and they are insatiable. We climb ladders in many different areas. We tell our kids to climb the ladder. You go study. You make something yourself. You climb that ladder. You, you get to it. You, you, you be sure. you got to behave. Yada, 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 yada. And often we never mention about Jesus and salvation and the love of God. 1950, 12% in a survey, 12% of everybody they surveyed in America considered themselves to be very important. Well, 2005, 80% of those surveyed thought they were very important. And so we understand that some training had, in fact, taken place. Another study in 1966 showed that 19% of all high school students had a GPA equivalent to an A to A minus. But then again, in 2013, it was not 19%, 63%, increase of those students had more than doubled 63% that they now had a GPA of A to A minus. But here's the problem. We're getting smarter. We're getting smarter, but more kids today are committing suicide than ever. More kids are lonely. More kids don't know what their future looks like. More young people today don't understand what life is about. You know why? All they ever see is their parents climbing the ladder, climbing the ladder, of course, but never have any sustenance in their life that declares, hey, there is eternal life. They believe all the things that culture teaches them to believe. And when they get into a tight, they realize, buddy, I've studied hard. I've got a GPA that is a wonderful GPA, but the bottom line, I don't know how to handle life on its own. Now, here's what I want us to catch just for a moment. Whatever you devote your life to, whatever you devote your life to, you become enslaved by whatever it is at the top of that ladder. Tim Keller, a great writer, read his material. Tim Keller, he said this, sin is taking a good thing and making it the ultimate thing. Taking a good thing and making it 
the ultimate thing. Wow, what's at the top of your ladder? What's at the top of the desired individuals in our world today? Well, I'd like money at the top of the ladder. I'm willing to work. I like success, relationship, popularity. Is that, is that it? If Jesus is not at the top of the ladder, friend, don't climb anymore. Kneel first at the cross and allow him to come into your heart and in your life. When sin gets in, it's cancer. It can be a nasty attitude. It can be anxiousness. It can be all, but it's, it is an actual cancer. It's an angel of light. Tim Keller said, hey, it might look good, but it's not good. You take things that look good, put them on the top of the ladder. That's not, that's not the way it is. And sometimes we learn, and I'll give you the scripture for it, that there's sin in our life that we just put up with. We don't even confess it anymore. It's just become a part of our character. It's become a part of our life. I, I, how many have ever, and I'll call it this way, it's a little yard talk. Uh, it, it, I call it a butt call. Butt call is when often you have your phone in your hip pocket or in your pocket. And buddy, I, I see some tight-fitting jeans on some people. And they got a good. And three-quarters of the phone is sticking out because the pocket wasn't made for a cell phone. Just a little house cleaning there. A butt call. While I was writing this down, I got one. A butt call is when somebody calls you, but they don't know that they called you. Hello? It's like, I wonder who this is. Hello? Hello? You hear all kind of noise. You hear a conversation in the background. You think, they don't know that they called me. Now, here's what I know. How many of you, how many of you just immediately hit the disconnect button? How many of you are tempted and you fall into temptation and you just listen for a little bit to see what you can hear? Yep, it's what I thought. So I got one of those and I had, was writing this down, individual called and I could hear them. Thought this is really going to be interesting, you know, all kind of noises, etc. It was my brother. He called. He didn't know he was calling, but he was calling. Finally, I hung up the phone when nothing really interesting, no gossip, nothing else that you could really talk about. And I waited a little bit, and I called him up. I said, "Hey, you gave me a call? No, I didn't call you. Check your phone." Isn't it always wonderful when you have information that somebody else doesn't have? Yeah, I know what I'm talking about. Check your phone. He said, well, I guess I did. I said, man, I didn't know you used that kind of language. I didn't use any language. You know I don't cuss. I said, no, you were very boring. <laughs> well, I should be boring. He said, I'm out mowing five acres of grass. Must have tracked or must have threw me and it dialed you up. I said, dial heaven, buddy, if you're going to call, come on over, but call. But you know what? Sometimes we have those sins that are there that we just don't pay any attention to. We just put up with it. Oh, God, I don't have to confess. I, I don't have to do that. You know, it's really not necessary. Everybody's not perfect. 
But here's what, here's what Psalms 19.12 says. But who can discern their own errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Who can discern some? So who can discern just sometimes something that's in there? Wow. Story that I read in preparation for this message, God went to heaven. Now listen, this story is not biblically correct, okay? But it is a good illustration. How many will cut me some slack? 100%. Thank you. He made it to heaven. And when he got into heaven, he looked, all the walls were lined with clocks. And there were those TikTok clocks, you know? Went in and had some grandfather clocks, and he noticed some of them are ticking faster than that. one tick. Wait 30 seconds to a minute, tick. Others are going tick, 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 tick. He looked around, and then he began to notice, well, there are names right underneath every clock. Every person has a clock. And he looked, and he thought, Wow. That's, that's my friend right there. That's unbelievable, buddy. They're, they're, they're slow ticking. Well, I'm proud of them. Looked at another friend. My Lord, I didn't know he had that kind of life. Tick, 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 tick. He looked around. He went to St. Peter. He said, St. Peter, what's this all about? He said, well, this is, these are centimeters. Not centibuns, but centimeters. Every time a person sins, they're not here yet, tick goes by. Another sin, tick goes by. Another sin tick goes by. He said, well, I've been looking. I thought if that's true, I kind of thought I was looking for my own. He said, you won't find it in here. He said, you had so many ticks, we put it in the office and used it as a ceiling fan. <laughs> Hopefully that's not you. You're redeemed. Isn't that wonderful? Sin is putting the wrong thing at the top of the ladder and it's climbing the wrong ladder. In Paul's day, it was often the religious people were ticking, ticking away. They're good people who do good things. Tim Keller said that. They might even darken the door of a synagogue or church once in a great while, might give to charity a little bit, might not be, you know, just a drunkard, or anything of that nature, and they're doing okay. And they, they're climbing because they think, buddy, I've got this that I want to climb to, and when I get there, hey, all the sacrifice and everything that I've done will be worth it. But there are some who've made it to the top, and they found out that what they needed to make their life make sense wasn't there. Anthony Bourdain hung himself. You don't hang yourself. Often sickness is there. You don't often hang yourself because everything is okay. Kate Spade hung herself. What did she have? Everything. Robin Williams hung himself. Numerous problems. A young lady that sang country music, Mindy McCready, died drugs, hung himself. Let me say to you that the Bible says the enemy of your soul is seeking to and fro whom he may devour. 
And it's important that we look into our lives who are listening here and online, that we look into our lives every day and pray, Lord, forgive me. Created me a pure heart. God, don't, don't let anything, don't let anything in my life that I haven't said, Lord, here it is. Get it out. Get it. You can't hold on to a raunchy attitude and a bad spirit and expect God to be pleased with it. You can't gossip all the time and expect God to be pleased with it. You can't have evil feelings towards someone and expect God to be pleased with it. It is cancer. It will eat your lunch. So what do you do? You say, God, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put it all under the blood of Jesus Christ, and I'm going to discipline myself to honor you in every area of my life. And that's that God is my life for you, seeking to save that which is lost. Grace is not about works. You know, you can't be good enough by climbing up and down the ladder, but grace comes down to us. And when it comes down, this is what Jesus said, I give you this offer. I will forgive you of your sins. I'll give you a brand new start. I'll give you purpose in life and I'll give you hope beyond the grave. And it will come as a free gift. Reach out and accept my grace and my mercy in your life. And then your life will begin to make sense. Amen. And he will not shortchange you in any regard. And yet, don't we know that Jesus knocks and knocks and knocks, and still people won't receive him? They won't. Luke 14 tells of a story, and several of the other gospels tell of the story of weddings that an invitation was sent out to a great party and was sent out, and the people said, we're too busy to come. We're just too busy to come. I've got married and I need a honeymoon. I'm not coming. Just purchase a property. I got to get it in order. You know, got all these things going on. But the Boston Globe, June the 24th, 1990, printed a true article of a lady who had that kind of an experience. She was committed to marriage and she went down to the Hyatt Hotel, been by there, downtown Boston. She went down there with her fiance. And they met with the party planner, and they had great expensive taste. Her fiancé, groom, was uh, a, a person of, of a psychologist. She was a headhunter for the medical doctors. She'd done really well, so they sat down, and she thinks we're going to live happily ever after. And they picked the napkins out. And if you're on low budget... Don't go to the local hotel and pick out your napkins if you're on low budget, okay? Don't go pick out your tablecloths if you're on low budget. Go down to Chick-fil-A. Get the napkins there. They, they're natural. They've been, they've been recycled, all of those that are brown. When you get a brown napkin in any restaurant, it's recycled. Someone else before you blew their nose on it. And they have recycled it. Everybody with me? But they went and it came to $13,000. That's how much it's going to cost. Well, they went home. She's happy as a lark. So excited. The wedding's coming up. Now we got all the reception out of the way. $13,000. They put $6,500 down, which was required. 
And the groom went home, and that night he began to ponder, this is a big step. I don't think I want to do this right now. He called her up. He said, instead of being like a man and going and seeing her in her face to face, he called her on the phone. And if it had been today, he probably would have just texted her. He said, I got cold feet. I don't want to go through with it right now. I love you, but I'm just not ready. Buddy, she pitched a fit. How many of you women would pitch a fit? A holy fit. There you go. She didn't like it. She reasoned with him, and the bottom line is he said, I'm done. I'm off. I'm through. How unfortunate. What is she going to do? She's going to tell her. She's going to tell her parents. What's she going to tell her pastor? What's she gonna, she's got to go back down to the Hyatt Hotel. He wouldn't even go down there with her, and she met with the party planner. The party planner said, well, let me tell you, here's the, here's the news. I went through the same thing, but I survived. That's the good news. The bad news is you can't get your money back. You get $1,300 back. It's in the contract. You get $1,300 back. So you don't have to worry about that at Chick-fil-A or McDonald's. None of it. I'm just telling you. You get $1,300 back. She thought, well, and then it hit her. She said, I'm not canceling the party. Because 10 years prior to that, she'd been homeless. She was in a homeless shelter. She lived on the streets. She hardly had food to eat. She made it. She recovered from that and made it big and had a substantial job with great, great pay. She rubbed shoulders with medical doctors and technicians. That was her job, finding medical personnel and doctors to fit in certain places. She said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to send an invitation to the homeless shelters here in Boston. She sent it to the Salvation Army. She sent invitations to the shelters and said, anybody wants to come, here's when it's going to take place. It's going to be, it's going to be a dress-up affair, but you wear what you want on your street. She said, the night it took place, Boston Globe was there, Globe was there taking pictures. You had stragglers off the sidewalks, people with aluminum walkers, individuals on cane, individuals that looked smelly and dead, other individuals knew right off the street who had eaten pizza that had been dried on a cardboard for their last meal. And the waiters at the Hyatt had tuxedos on, they had tablecloths, they had placed silverware out. Most of the people there didn't know which fork to use. How many are guilty of that? Amen which fork to use. If you want to know which one to use, then I'm, I'm telling you, see, see Glenn Procopio after church. He knows. The point is this. She watched hundreds of people come in and have the time of their life that they never dreamed about. They danced. You know, rock of ages. They'd never seen anything like that. And when the evening was done, she thought, wow, everything has a purpose. And she saw those people that hugged her neck, and she hugged them back. And she was able to tell them at one time, 10 years ago, I was where you were at. And she also told them, the reason I'm blessed, the reason I'm blessed is grace came down and redeemed me. My friend, all around us, the Boston Globe printed that story. 
I read the story as an illustration. I thought, you know what? I wonder if that's true. I Googled. I went to the Boston Globe. And the story is really true. And I share it with you today to understand. We all have a message. Jesus came to seek and to save that which is lost. But here's the first person that we need to be concerned about. Look in the mirror and say, God, is there anything in my life? Take a look at it by the grace of God. Because you see, it is God who justifies. The cross has two beams. One is a vertical beam. It expresses the love of Jesus Christ that comes down. The other is the horizontal beam that is able to put the arms of Jesus around you and cause us to understand that he loves us regardless of who we are and what we do. How wonderful is that? The vertical beam says, I owe a debt I cannot pay and the wages of sin is death. And the horizontal beam says, hey, but I'm the one that can give you love and love everlasting. The child was in the back seat. Mom and dad, they were driving. She loved her daddy to tell her stories. How many of you had parents that told you stories from time to time? Amen. How many had parents that told you the truth from time to time? It's good. Most of my stories were fantasy stories that I've told our grandkids and our kids. But he was telling her, oh, there was a prince. And he had a beautiful black stallion that he rode into battle. And that prince over and over and over again mistreated that horse. He would dismount at the end of a battle and, or a ride or a race or whatever the case and then hand the horse off to the handlers. They took care of him, comb him out, take the saddle off as if the horse didn't matter. The horse, of course, was loyal because he said animals sometimes or will most of the time connect to someone who happens to own them. And that horse connected with the prince. The horse was loyal. The horse, of course, was filled with gratitude because he loved the prince. And one day they were in battle and it was a sword battle and the prince got off the horse, was down with the sword battle and the horse watched someone with a bow and arrow and shot at the prince and there was coming right for the prince to kill. And the horse saw it and stepped between the prince and the arrow. And the horse took the arrow in his heart and fell dead. When the prince realized what was happening he fell beside the horse and rubbed and began to talk and began to weep because he knew this horse had been faithful and loyal to him a long time. And now that horse is dead, but nothing he could do would bring him to life again. The wife of the man said, why in the world are you telling her that kind of a story? Why are you telling her that story? Why? He said, because... That's the story she needs to hear. It's the story of redemption. And when the errors of sin and shame and destruction are headed for my little girl, I want her to know that there's only one prince, and his name is Jesus, Amen. who can stand between a culture that will try to destroy her, stand between the errors of intimidation the errors of fear. His name is Jesus. Amen. And he took her sin. That's why I told her the story. 
John 15, 13, greater love hath no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friend. I know you came to church this morning. I know how long you've been here. But do you think we need to hear once again the story? Let's keep sweet for Jesus. Let's stay humble. Let's ask him to forgive us. Let's believe him for the miraculous. Let's pray over our children. And the 1,500 kids that they're going to see down in Honduras, let's believe God that God will step in and cause the eras of darkness not to penetrate their little hearts. And when the hundreds come to Circle J because you supported and you gave, that those stories, those lives will be changed because of the grace of God. Several months ago, we had graduation from Southeastern University, and uh, there's a great graduation. Matter of fact, two separate nights. And then we had Victory Christian Academy's graduation here, and it was wonderful. But in the books, they always put the name of the graduates, but they're asterisks often beside each name. Uh, and, and not necessarily all of them, but those with honors, you know, those that celebrated with honors, cum laude. Uh, magna cum laude, summa cum laude, and one individual said, oh, my gracious alive, I, I see all those a- asterisks. He said, I ruined my life. I, I dropped out of school. I went back later, of course, and finally had a graduation class that, that when I was a young adult and I saw the asterisks of many of those individuals, he said, there were no asterisks beside my name because there was no asterisk that said, thank you, Lordy. He said, if I'd been an asterisk there that said, thank you, Lordy, that would have been beside my name because none of my family thought I'd ever make anything of my life, but I ran into the one who presents grace, and I went back to school, and I started doing something right in my life, and I began to realize that I was climbing the wrong ladder, but when I found the one that I thought I needed to climb, here's what I saw. I saw him coming down the ladder and opened his arms up to me, and he redeemed my heart, and so every day now I say, thank you, Lordy, thank you. Lordy. Thank you, Lordy. His grace is sufficient. Amen. Would you stand to your feet and let's get ready to see what God will do. Heavenly Father, I thank you this morning for your grace. Now, please, Holy Spirit, do what you're here to do. And I want to ask everybody to repeat this prayer after me right now. Would you do that? Dear Jesus, I have sinned, I have failed, and I need forgiveness. Come into my heart Cleanse me from unrighteousness. Purify my mind. Purify my spirit. Purify my mouth. And let me live under the shelter of your Holy Spirit, covered by your blood. So here's my life. Use it as you choose. In your holy name, amen. Here's what you can do, those listening online. You can simply say as we just pray, Jesus, forgive me. Cleanse me from unrighteousness. Purify my heart. If you do that, you can have an asterisk by your name. Thank you, Lordy, for redeeming me. We look at our lives and we say, God, what can I do? Well, you may never be able to make a missions trip, but you can sure say, God, I'm going to be sure the needs are met. Thank you, Lordy. You can say, God, I can't work in Circle J. 
because I have a job that won't let me out. But thank you, Lordy, I can give. You can support, and when you see some server at some restaurant, ask God to reveal to you through discernment if they need prayer. You look at them. God can speak to you about someone that you're working with and say, you know what? Their behavior is different. I just want to pray with you. You let me pray for you. Sure. Thank you, Lordy. When you do that, God will bless. So if you're here this morning and you need healing in your body, James 5 says here's how it works. You come to the altar. We'll anoint you with oil and we'll pray the prayer of faith. Or you say, I want to stand there for someone. Or you prayed that prayer and you say, you know, I'm ready. Baptism today, 445. You need to be water baptized. If you've never been water baptized, do it tonight. Do it. Do it. So as we sing this song, you need prayer for whatever reason, you come on down right now. Then I'll give the benediction in just a moment. So stick with us, please. Here we go. Before you go, would you remember a little family that two years ago I dedicated their precious little baby. When they celebrated the first year birthday, they found that the baby had leukemia. Celebrated the second anniversary just recently, and the precious baby died as a result of the leukemia. The funeral will be Tuesday. Would you pray for that family? Would you lift them up in prayer and say, thank you, Lordy. I've never had to face that. So God, I'm gonna give you an earnest prayer in their behalf. Would you remember them and let God speak to them? I pray you'll go home and get you a good solid 15 minute nap and then wake up and come on back to church. You know why? I just, so if you say, I don't need it, just come on up and tell them, I don't need it. We'll have prayer right here. Amen, I need it, look at me, I need it. How many know I need it? Thank you for the three hands that were raised. Heavenly Father, it's the greatest congregation in the world because they keep showing up, they keep giving, and they believe in the message they just heard. They believe that it's important, just one more soul, to seek and to save that which is lost. They believe in the Honduras children. They believe 
in the Circle J children. They believe in the ministry of this church and the missions organization. Bless us now. And Lord, don't bless us just to bless us. Let us take the blessing, use it for your honor and glory in Christ's name. Amen. I'm going to be in the hospitality suite right off the lobby out there. Love to meet some of you here. God bless you.